guys, it's Dr. Cameron Dennis, physical therapist with the Back on Track Running podcast, where we offer up the best solutions to problems that runners face on a daily basis. For more information, please visit backontracktherapy.com or join the Running Injury Support Group on Facebook. Now, let's get to the show. Basically, so what we know is increased cadence and step rate equals a shorter stride length um, and a shift towards a four-foot strike. So does that make sense? When you're stepping more often, the steps are shorter, basically, is what that means. When the steps are shorter, um, typically you're going to be doing more of a uh, four-foot strike or striking towards closer to the toes. You know, the longer that your stride, uh, the longer that your stride is, um, the more likely you are to heel strike. Does that make sense? Um, hopefully that makes sense. If, if not, be sure to let me know. I can explain it differently. So on the contrary, um, decreased cadence, um, decreased step rate, closer to 140, 150. Um, at a given speed is um, associated with a longer stride length. So um, you're doing less frequent steps. You're gonna have a longer stride length to maintain the same speed, okay? Um, And that's a shift towards a rear foot strike or like a heel strike, okay? So hopefully that makes sense. Um, Does a rear foot strike result in more injuries? And the answer is maybe. (laughs) Um, There are studies that say yes, and there are studies that say no. So I would say that it's a um, four-foot strike um, or a heel, uh, sorry, a rear foot strike. I don't think either one of them is necessarily the only thing that causes injury or prevents injury. I mean... Injuries in general are multifactorial, meaning they have lots of different components and typically are not really caused by one single thing, unless it happens to be something traumatic like you stub your toe or you you know, fall in a hole or something like that. Um, so, you know, and we've talked about these other factors a bunch of times, so it's going to be, you know, it could be related to your stress, it could be related to your muscle strength, your mobility, your training schedule sleep schedule, nutrition. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Previous injuries, things like that. But um, typically your um, cadence and your striking pattern is not gonna be the one cause of your injury. Um, But that doesn't mean that we can't uh, modify the way that we run to reduce the strain and the stress on certain structures. So what do I mean by that? So let's see. Okay. Um, specifically, when you have a stride, uh, or sorry, a cadence that is around 180, um, results in a shorter step length. Okay. Um, and more of the uh, midfoot strike or a forefoot strike. So that hopefully that makes sense. Um, but what that does is it takes a little bit of a strain. Um, and a a little bit of the force going through the um, shins and through the knees and through the front of the leg. It takes some of that force 
and the um, calf muscles, the foot muscles, um, the hamstrings, the glutes, those muscles take up some of that force. Okay, so the shorter your stride length is, um, the more work that your foot muscles, calf muscles, hamstrings, glutes are going to be doing in general. Okay, it's not always the case. It depends on what your speed is. It depends on the elevation, but on a flat surface um, at a consistent speed, that's what we know. Okay, does that make sense? Because there's multiple ways that you can go with that. So let me know if that makes sense. Be aware that this, when you say, when you give me a comment, it takes it a minute um, for me to actually see it. So if there's a delay, that's why. It's kind of funny the way it works. But um, so a, um, an increased, let me say it again just one more time so it makes sense. Um, an increased cadence results in more use of the foot muscles, calf muscles, um, more strain on the Achilles, um, and the posterior chain, um, as it's referred to. So the hamstrings, the glutes. Okay. <clears throat> if you have an injury in those areas, what we like to do is offload those structures temporarily. So in order to, so let's say, let's get specific here. Say you have Achilles tendinopathy or Achilles tendinitis. If you're dealing with that injury and it's becoming hard for you to run, it's hard for you to walk, um, it's just bothering you, um, it's been something you're dealing with, um, to help it to heal, we need to offload those structures. And the way that we do that is to um, make the anterior part of the leg, so the knee, the quads, um, the tibia, take some of that load that was required of the Achilles before, okay? So we do that by what? Increasing our stride length, okay? Decreasing our cadence. So we don't, it's not something that you typically hear about is um, actually decreasing your cadence. Everybody preaches, oh, 180, 180, my cadence, my step rate has to be 180. That's not the case. Um, there are people that run with the cadence at 180 um, at a comfortable conversational pace that have injuries. So, um, so hopefully that makes sense. But um, let me come up, give you a different example. Uh, and let me know if that makes sense or if you have questions about that. Okay, let's go the other way with this. If you have a, a tibial stress fracture or you're dealing with shin splints, uh, knee pain in general, IT band syndrome. Um, typically what you'll hear, and this is something I agree with um, in general, is that you need to increase your cadence. So with knee pain, anterior structures um, of the leg and the knee, um, pain in those areas, increase your cadence um, to offload those structures, okay? Um, because that requires, so, Yes, that requires more use of the foot muscles, um, the calf muscles, um, and those posterior structures. Does that make sense? Let me know if it doesn't. I know it can be confusing. <clears throat> uh, 
Okay, so I got a like on there. So I know that somebody's watching. Okay, two of you. Good. <laughs> so, so good. So hopefully it makes sense. Um, so in what you don't want to do is offload those structure, structures forever, right? Because basically that's just, um, that doesn't make any sense. Because you, say, for example, you, you have Achilles tendinopathy um, and you decide to change your running pattern um, in the way that we discussed. Um, but that feels uncomfortable for you, right? Because that's not your normal gait pattern. So would you need to maintain that increased cadence forever? No, I wouldn't say. Um, I would say you need to gradually work back to your normal cadence um, as the uh, injury and as the pain starts to go down. So in general, as the pain gets around that one to two range, uh, it's not nearly as irritated, it's not as reactive, um, not as hypersensitive. And that's when you can really start to shift back towards your normal cadence. So there's nothing magical about this 180 um, steps per minute. Um, there's nothing magical and there's nothing detrimental about having a cadence of 150. Um, I mean, people, slow joggers um, typically run in lower cadences, um, just as sprinters run at higher cadences. So that should just make sense um, if you think about watching somebody run. Um, but that doesn't put them at a higher risk of injury in those structures that are being used. So you can change your cadence um, depending on what area is um, painful or what area is injured at the time. And then gradually as your injury starts to heal, as the pain starts to go away, you slowly start incorporating uh, runs at your normal comfortable cadence back into your training schedule. So does that make sense? And so the other thing to keep in mind is that um, when you're doing this, um, it's not it's not necessarily going to 100% guarantee that you'll um, no longer have pain, right? Because like we talked about, uh, this is only one of the factors. Um, there's potentially hundreds of factors that goes into your running um, injuries and pain. But it's just one of those things that we can manipulate. You know, some things are hard to change. We can't really change our past medical history. We can't change our genetics. Some people can't change the way they sleep and things like that. Um, but this is one thing that we can change. So, um, it's just what we call a, um, modifiable factor. So, um, something to get to try if you're dealing with something. So, um, let's get specific since it's just us on here. Um, Angela, are you dealing with any injuries? Um, same with you, Tammy. Uh, are you guys dealing with any injuries, any running injuries or pain, any niggles, anything like that? If you are, um, go ahead and post them in there. Um, tell me exactly, you know, try and be brief, but you know, say what area is bothering you and maybe we can talk about what you might try. Um, let's get as specific as we can. Okay. So Tammy's the first one to post. So let's talk about IT band syndrome. Sprained ankle. Okay. So the ankle is a little different, Angela, but we'll talk about the knees first. So IT band syndrome, um, the IT band is largely a structure of the knee. I mean, it does attach to the hip, but usually people have pain in the knee. Is, is that where your pain is? Is it closer to the knee, Tammy? And then have you had a chance to look at the um, knee pain solution um, 
video yet on the IT band syndrome. Tammy. <clears throat> so we'll just assume that you're talking about the knee uh, because typically that's where, yeah, the outside of the knee. So that's pretty common. Um, some people have pain in the hip uh, from the IT band, but it's, it's mostly going to be in the knee. So um, what you might try, uh, and this is going to go with what you've heard from a lot of people, is that you probably might try to increase your cadence. Um, like I said, there's nothing magical about that 180. Um, just try to increase it. Um, so maybe hop on a treadmill. Um, do you have access to a treadmill? If you do, you might try a treadmill because in general, the treadmill is going to reduce, it's going to um, decrease your stride length anyway. Um, and then you can maintain a given speed. So you can keep it on the same speed and then change how many steps you're taking, you know, to maintain that same speed. So um, that's the beauty of a treadmill, you know, as much as I hate running on treadmills. Um, but you basically just try to increase it and hold that. Yeah, exactly. Treadmill. <laughs> um, try and hold that cadence, um, just an increased pace. You know, you, I mean, you don't really want to, um, I shouldn't say pace, I mean, step rate. Um, you don't probably want to increase more than 15% or so. Um, but just try it, just try to increase it a little bit and see how that feels. Um, if it feels worse, you know, go back to your normal cadence. Um, but, uh, for a lot of people that kind of thing helps. So that's just one element like I talked about, but it's something you might try. Um, and then as that IT band syndrome starts to go away, um, you, you know, say, we'll say a month from now, your pain starts to feel better, right? Maybe it's a one when you run. One out of 10, you might go back to that, whatever your normal cadence is, 160. Um, and so I keep throwing these numbers around, but a lot of people don't quite know how to count their cadence. Um, it can be challenging if you don't have the right technology, but if you have like a widening your stance, um, you can try to widen your stance. I don't know that, um, that's a good question, by the way, I've heard that before. I've tried to widen my stance when I run and I have trouble maintaining that. Um, supposedly it decreases the strain on the IT band um, when you're doing it. I'm not sure that it would be significant enough um, to cause an improvement. I don't know, have you tried that? Has that helped you, widening your stance? I have heard that before with IT band syndrome, but um, I find that when I have people do that, they have trouble keeping it that distance because, you know, running is a single leg activity. So we strike close to the center of our gravity, um, you know, closer than we would when we're standing. And to widen our stance, um, what that does is it's, 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 it, it's kind of disorienting. It puts people, it makes them feel like they're off balance a little bit, like they're um, going to fall over or something like that. I mean, have you tried that? Widening your stance? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I've heard that before and theoretically, I guess it makes sense, but, um, in practice, I've never been able to actually do it, um, consistently. Um, and not, not only that, it's, I just don't know that it would change the, uh, the amount of strain and stress on the, uh, IT band itself significantly enough to actually make a difference. 
Um, so, I mean, you're welcome to try. I just, I haven't seen much benefit with that. Um, but the, the thing is with, with running and with these injuries, um, the studies are always changing and there's always some, something new that's coming out. I mean, I saw a study that said um, just changing any element of your running, whether that be your posture, whether that be um, your cadence, uh, you know, the surface that you're running on, I mean, anything um, leads to improved symptoms, no matter what the injury. So, I mean, I thought that was really impressive. I don't know, you know, I'm sure there'll be more follow-up studies with that, but I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, so we, we talk a lot of times like we have these rules and things like that, but these rules are constantly changing. So try different things, see what works, you know, follow the current um, thought process or try what's worked for you in the past. And I would say um, you can't go wrong that way. And of course, we'll be here. Um, I'll be here trying to keep up with <laughs> studies as they're coming out and things like that. But it, it can be difficult. It's a little overwhelming at times. There's a lot of information. So um, any more questions about, about your IT band syndrome as far as your um, running goes? Um, I guess I can go into more detail with certain things with that. Uh, and we'll get to yours too, Angela, I promise. The, uh, but you're, actually, Angela, yours are going to be pretty similar too. But as far as like running up hills and things like that, um, I did want to mention that, that when you're going downhill, it puts more strain on the um, anterior structures. So the IT band, um, the, uh, the uh, tibias, the knee. Yeah, we can talk about posture. Um, so when you're going downhill, it puts more strain on the quads, the knee, the tibia, um, the calcaneus and the heel. So if you're dealing with injuries in those structures um, or pain in those structures, including the IT band or the knee, like Angela said, um, you may want to just walk down the hills rather than plodding down the hills, right? Um, walk or try to go down slowly. Um, so that might be helpful. Um, alternatively, going uphill actually has... Um, increased strain and stress on the hamstrings and on the uh, Achilles and the calf. So you'll see people that are dealing with Achilles tendonitis or uh, hamstring injuries that can't run up hills um, because it hurts. So just another interesting point. Um, posture. Um, what, uh, the, what can we say about posture? I don't know that there's, there's, I mean, honestly, there's been books written on posture, but and it's something that's constantly changing too. So you're kind of catching me uh, in between my what I used, to, how I used to believe, and how I'm coming to believe. Because I used to believe that posture had this huge effect on our back and on our hips and this and that. But the more I do research and the more I actually see pa see patients, the less I think posture has a real effect um, on the way that we feel uh, physically. So as far as running goes, um, I've seen that people that are dealing with knee pain, I've seen and read about, I should say, people that are dealing with knee pain typically will lean forward, especially as they become um, tired. Um, these aren't typically people that are having uh, like core weakness and things like that. Um, I mean, it can be, um, but basically they do that to activate the, the glutes. And this is something that Chris Johnson, who's one of my 
mentors, he kind of explained this, how this works to me. So basically it increases the posterior chain activation. So like the glutes, the hamstring activation and reduces the, uh, um, muscle activity in the quads and of the, um, anterior structures of the leg. So, um, if you're having knee pain, one thing you might try is leaning forward slightly. Um, hold on your comments. There we go. I've watched races and the elites seem to run with their back very straight, but that's not comfortable for me. Yeah, don't do it. Um, there's no correct posture. There's no right posture. We're all built differently. Um, you know, despite what every physical therapist said since the 80s until a couple of years ago. Um, because the research has been actually contradicting that for years and years and years. So it's um, find a posture that's comfortable. Um, if you're having knee pain, um, leaning forward slightly actually might decrease your knee pain. So Angela, take note of that too. <laughs> um, just something to try. So I haven't had a lot of experience actually having people do that one yet, just because I just learned about it recently. Um, and as you can tell, I'm a pretty young guy. So um, still have a lot of years of experience ahead of me, but just something that I was um, reading about um, and something that uh, one of my mentors was talking about. So um, yeah, I wouldn't force yourself into any particular posture, especially if it's uncomfortable or if it hurts. Um, there's no, like I said, there's no correct posture, so there's no need to do that. Tell that to your PT, whoever, <laughs> you know, if anyone's ever told you that in the past, tell that to your parents who told you to stand up straight and this and that, right? Um, okay, and then do you have any other questions about that, Tammy? Okay, knees and, so Angela says, um, knees and, uh, recovering, uh, sprained ankles. So Angela, what part of your knees is bothering you? Uh, is it, I don't know, not sure if you've had time to watch those videos or not, but is it the inside of the knee, the outside of the knee, the front? Do you have any idea what the diagnosis is for the knees? Um, I mean, in general, you're probably going to be doing similar things to what Tammy's doing. Um, unless it's, you know, pain in the back of the knee or if it's pro um, problems coming from the hamstrings, <clears throat> which changes things slightly. And I'll, like I said, I'll send you this document that I'm looking at that I keep um, referencing because some of these things can get confusing. Um, so I'll send that to you. Okay, right knees, patellofemoral pain syndrome, left knee, maybe the same, but pain is also behind the knee. So like the hamstrings, you mean, or like, um, when you say behind the knee, do you mean like, I've heard people say like the, those, um, Baker's cysts and things like that, or are you referring to like a tendon or something? Um, so with patellofemoral pain syndrome, that's, uh, commonly referred to as runner's knee. So the, uh, that's going to be similar. I mean, I would say almost exactly the same as what I said to, um, Tammy, as far as you're going to be increasing your stride or increasing your step rate. So increasing your cadence, um, just to whatever feels, um, like it's helping the pain. There's no magical number. Um, 
you know, you're not going to be doing tons of hard running downhill. Um, hard to say, but right behind the crease, mainly to the right. Okay. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, it's it sounds to me it's it's more than likely the uh, hamstring tendon there um, on the left knee. You said. But it could be other things. Um, more than likely, that's what it is. I would say, um, if that's the case, because <laughs> you have one, you have one knee with something going on in the front and one knee with something going on in the back. Um, <laughs> have you um, have you had any improvement in anything that you've tried from the from the group or from the course? Hey, Brenda's on. How you doing, Brenda? I heard you were sick. Hope you're doing well. Waiting to hear from Angela here. <clears throat> we're kind of going through everybody's injuries, Brenda, um, and seeing what we can kind of figure out what might help. So your right knee is feeling better. Good. Um, so what I would suggest then, um, if your right knee is feeling better, um, good. That's good to hear, Brenda. Um, and it's tricky with, 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 with what you're talking about, Angela, because when you, if you go the other way and you, you extend your stride too far, um, that causes more of a strain on that hamstring tendon and on the hamstrings, because as you elongate your leg, um, basically what your leg's doing as it swings out uh, what the hamstrings are doing is they're slowing down the swing of the leg in order to prepare to bring it back again, um, you know, as you're stepping through. So does that make sense? So as you're running and you're swinging this leg out, the hamstrings are now, they're working eccentrically or eccentrically to slow it down. And then they start activating concentrically to bring it back. So eccentrically, uh, like an Eccentric or eccentric contraction just means that the muscles are activating, but they're elongating at the same time. Um, so basically, I, what I would say is find something, just find a stride length that feels comfortable to you. I'm not sure I have any real um, recommendations other than just try and find a stride that, uh, a cadence that's comfortable for you, Angela. Um, play around with different cadences. Um, if you have trouble, on, you know, f coming up with, you know, how to maintain a certain cadence, there are free um, metronome apps on your phone, I'm sure. Um, or you can buy a metronome if you want to. Or uh, the other thing is there's another app called uh, um, Run Cadence, R-U-N-C-A-D-E-N-C-E -E -E app. Um, it's actually developed by uh, Chris Johnson, who I mentioned before is actually my mentor. So um, he developed it, and basically what it does is you can... Um, have it, um, you can have someone record you running. It will actually measure your cadence. I believe it's based on the sound of your steps. It'll actually measure your cadence and tell you what it is. Uh, and then you can set it to say what cadence you want. And then it'll do a metronome for you. I believe it's like a dollar. Um, I think it's only on iPhone right now. So, um, but that's one way that you can try um, adjusting your cadence. But I would just play around with that, um, Angela, and see if that helps. Um, the hamstrings are a little bit hard, you know, 
there's good recommendations based on research for the calf and for the Achilles, for the feet muscles, for the tibia, the IT band. Um, but as far as the hamstrings go, um, I would say just find something that's comfortable. Um, and I would avoid running um, uphill extensively. I mean, you can do it some, but I would avoid doing it extensively until that starts to calm down and then gradually um, start working back into, you know, adding hills back into your training. So do you have any other questions about that, Angela? Brenda, how's your running going? I know you're, you were sick and you're, you're feeling a little better now, but are you still running okay? I just want everybody to know how proud I am of Brenda. She, uh, I hope you don't mind me telling everybody how you, how you've been doing Brenda. Um, but yeah, not a problem, Angela. But, uh, when I first met Brenda, she was running, I don't know, less than 50 feet and having severe ankle and, um, knee pain. And then after we, I mean, what, how long has it been? Two months, three, not quite three months, maybe. Um, she was up to running, I don't know, almost half a mile without stopping. Um, she ran what, two miles, like a run walk thing, two miles. I mean, compared to running 50 feet or less, you know, with severe pain so bad that she had to stop. I would say that's pretty impressive. I was really, I'm really proud of you for that. Um, so do you have any questions about anything? Brenda, haven't done much this week. It's been crazy busy. Yeah, about three months, but yeah. So, um, yeah. Does anybody have any questions about anything? Yeah, Brenda did awesome. Brenda, do you have any questions about running or anything like that? Anything you about you know your step rate? Um, and I think Brenda would agree that when you're on a treadmill, um, your step rate. Um, your step length, I should say, your stride length actually decreases because um, she's she's um, and, and she's not the only one that's had this problem. But when she gets uh, on um, running over ground, she actually has trouble keeping her stride length short enough. Um, well, thank you, Brenda. That was very nice. <laughs> I'm fortunate to have met you too. It's been fun. But um, running on a treadmill is it, it kind of forces you to decrease your stride length. Um, unlike running on ground when you have to be a little bit more disciplined about your stride length, which can be challenging if you're not used to it. So, um, but as I said before, um, it's not something you have to maintain forever. It's something that you do for a short period of time until your injury or your pain starts to go away. Uh, once it's, I would say 95% gone, 90 to 95% gone, um, you're returning to all the different activities that you were having trouble with before. Uh, you can start to slowly progress back into uh, your comfortable cadence. So, yeah, it takes time, Brenda. It's something that, I mean, I think a lot of people struggle with that too. But that's okay. Just keep working on it. And obviously, you know, you can reach out to me if you have any questions. So, and I, I would say... Um, one thing you might try, Brenda, is to look for an app that has a metronome um, to help you find that that cadence that you're looking for. Um, so you might try something around like 170 or so. Um, so hopefully that helps. Um, let's see. 
I've been told to put ice on the outside of my knee to reduce inflammation, but I thought since the IT band is not a muscle, it doesn't do any good. Um, that's another thing that, you know, you put five P or you put uh, six PTs in a room and you have three saying one thing and three saying another thing. Uh, I don't know that um, IT band syndrome is really an inflammatory condition. I suppose it can be. Um, the IT band is more of a ligament than anything. It's um, It consists of structures similar to ligaments like, um, I mean, like your patellar ligament or things like that. But yeah, I would say that uh, it's not going to reduce inflammation um, in the long term. And even if it did, it's not going to fix the problem. Because, like I said, the, the IT band syndrome isn't really an inflammatory condition. So you can do ice if it helps with the pain. It sounds, to, I, I read your comment, it says it's not helping you. I wouldn't um, necessarily say that you have to force yourself to do it, especially if it's not helping. Um, some people it helps. Um, I think, Brenda, it helped, it helped with your knee um, a little bit. But, you know, you weren't really dealing with IT band syndrome either. I think it's very specific to... Um, the person and very specific to the injury itself and, you know, where it is, um, in terms of, did it just happen or is it something that you've been dealing with for a long time? It's like more chronic conditions. I don't know that ice is really going to make a huge difference. Um, you might try heat and when you do the heat, um, I would say like 10, 15 minutes, uh, you know, several times a day. Don't don't leave it on there for an hour or anything like that. Some people try and sleep with it on there, and I think that just leads to problems. So, yeah, yeah. So the ice helped your ankle, um, Brenda says. So you're pain-free and running now, Brenda, just short on stamina. So, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, that that's a big part of running, too. Um I'm I'm actually dealing with the same thing, <laughs> trying to get myself in running shape, but it's my, uh, it's uh, it's my endurance, it's my heart, you know, and my breathing and everything. And actually, my lower back um, is getting fatigued because I haven't been running for a while. Um, I I I don't run a lot during the winter because I hate running inside. Um, you know, I do cycling and things like that, but I mostly try and do weightlifting and things. So. Can I fix your, yeah, I can fix your stamina. <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> I think you would do just as good of a job. You know, it just takes time. Let's see if there's anything else. Oh, um, somebody else, Megan Robertson asked a question too. Uh, she said, let's see, she said, is there any, um, any recommendations for runners with low back pain in terms of changing your running, um, like your gait pattern or your cadence. Uh, and I found that there really wasn't any good studies out there about it. Um, I don't know a whole lot about changing, um, you know, changes in cadence affecting back pain. Um, what I do know that is a lot of times if you're running, um, in sort of a forward flexed position like this, um, these lower back muscles, I hopefully you can see that these lower back muscles here seem to be, um, they're elongated and they're put on a strain because the longer, the further out that your trunk is from your center of gravity, um, the more work they have to do to keep you upright, right? So you, you want to try and stay as close to, you know, straight up and down as possible. Um, there, like I, like I was telling Tammy, there might be some situations 
um, when it might be helpful to temporarily have like a, a small forward lean. But um, that would be the only thing I would say about low back pain. Um, no real connection to cadence as far as I know. Um, but uh, the other thing, somebody else asked, I can't remember who it was. Um, they asked right before we got on if uh, how we can uh, help with hip pain. So one thing that I haven't mentioned yet is that running softer, and I think we talked about this before, and some people have trouble grasping that concept, but it's as simple as it sounds. Just run softer and try to sound, try and run lighter on your feet. Brenda's probably heard that about a hundred times, uh, <laughs> but that can actually help with hip pain and knee pain too. So try and um, run a little bit softer. Uh, and I think people really pound on the treadmill too. So, um, you know, try and be a little bit quieter when you're running. Um, it actually reduces the force and the, um, the, uh, amount of strain on the uh, joints. So you might try that. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. Right. At least a million times. Um, so does anybody have any other questions? I think I've covered everything I wanted to cover. Um, like I said, I'll send you a, um, I'll send you this document that I've been kind of cheating off of here. It's kind of my research sheet that I was using today. <clears throat> so if you don't have any questions, just go ahead and hit the like button so that I can see that you're, <laughs> that you're, that you're there. Yep. Not a problem at all. Thanks for joining Tammy and Angela and Brenda. And, uh, so I'm probably going to go ahead and sign off here, but if you guys have any questions, please feel free to comment below or message me directly. Um, and I'll be sure to do my best to answer those questions. So, um, I think this is another successful um, live Q&A that we had. Uh, if there's any topics that you guys want to talk about next week, let me know because um, I want to help you. So help me to help you, right? Uh, I could talk for a long time, as you know. Um, apparently, I just love to talk. I didn't know that until this group. But um, if you don't have anything that you want me to um, ramble on about for about 45 minutes next week, let me know. And... Uh, I guess everybody have a good night except for Angela. So you have a good morning <laughs> and have a happy Easter. All right. I'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening to the Back on Track Running Podcast. We truly appreciate your support. Our mission is to help 1 million runners to avoid unnecessary surgery and get back to running pain-free. We offer free online resources and paid online injury consultation and run coaching to those interested in taking their running to the next level. Visit backontracktherapy.com for more details. Once again, this is Dr. Cameron Dennis, physical therapist and running specialist, and thanks for listening.